We here at Yash Jesus believe that God doesn't make mistakes. Not with people and not with produce. Which is why we're so excited to be partnering with Imperfect Foods. Imperfect Foods is an online grocer that recovers ugly produce and surplus foods that would otherwise go to waste. And delivers fresh, customizable boxes to your door for up to 30% less than the grocery stores. We're talking farmers, market, quality girls. Without the hassle of going out of your house, honey. Without the hassle. And now, Imperfect has has expanded to include pantry staples like lentils, rice, olive oil, and bread, you name it, to help round out your shopping. <laughs> girls, I just got my weekly shipment of imperfect produce, and let me tell you. Ooh, spill it, girl, spill it. I got this ugly little watermelon that puts the pretty little peach in Call Me By Your Name to shame. <laughs> That's the tea! Trust me, you're going to want to get in on this. To get your first shipment of perfectly imperfect farm fresh produce, go to imperfectfoods.com and use the promo code YASJESUS. That's Y-A-S-S-J-E-S-U-S. Welcome to Yas Jesus. We aren't spiritual leaders. We aren't theologians. Or prophets. Or even really that sure of what we're doing. We're just two lost sinners who love the Lord and want to open up His grace to other people who are on this journey alongside us. This isn't a tutorial on how to be Christian, but rather an exploration on what that actually means. In a safe space. Thank you, and God bless. Hello, kings and queens and in-between sinners, saints, and I am, or I ain't. Uh, Welcome to another episode of Yas Jesus. I am Daniel Francesi. And I'm Azariah Southworth. We are a faith and LGBTQ affirming show that believes more than ever in having a safe word. What's your safe word? My safe word? Yeah. Fish. Fish? Fish. (laughs) (laughs) That's something that wouldn't be screamed in your budget. (laughs) Oh, mine's baloney, food-based. I love that. I would just be like, baloney! It's on par. It's on yeah. par. Well, I'm excited for our guest today. Uh, he is going to titillate your curiosity. So you want to stick around for this one. And right now, we do have some prayer and praise report yes, to get to. we do. Okay. So our prayer request today would be? It's from Austin. He emailed us at pray at yesjesuspod.com, asking us to pray for his boyfriend, Ryan, who is going through the discernment process to become an Episcopalian priest. Wow. Yeah. Austin and Ryan. So we're going to pray for Ryan. Yes, we'll add Ryan to our prayer list. And then for our praise reports, my friend Joel has been testing negative for coronavirus after being in the ICU and having that. And then we also have a praise request out there for all of the first responders out there and all of our family members that are healthy and all the first responders that are out there and also the people that are working in supermarkets and stuff that we're just so grateful. We, we're so grateful to have you. Yeah, thank you. And that praise report, uh, the second part, came from our guest today. Yeah, and our guest is Lee Harrington. Lee is an internationally known spiritual and erotic authenticity educator, gender explorer, eclectic artist, and award-winning author and editor on erotic and sacred experience. So I am so excited to dive into this conversation. Um, So welcome, Lee. It's a delight to get to be on here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So we're going to start out with a game because a lot of our listeners come from conservative Christian backgrounds, come from what's known as purity culture. Are you familiar with that, Lee? I'm I sure am indeed. Yeah. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. Kink is a taboo subject in this community. Uh, some people believe it belongs, some people don't. But we are very open to like exploring and finding out what it is. And definitely Azariah has some kinky oh, in his pinky. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so we're going to ease into this with a game uh, that I have called Bible or Porn. 
I love it. Bring it on. <laughs> so, Lee, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you uh, a quote that's either from the Bible or an erotic story, and you have to guess if it's from the Bible or oh. from an erotic story. Okay. Oh, wait, hold on a second. All of Song of Solomon is pretty much an erotic story. So, like, how are we categorizing this? <laughs> I, I'm just going to read the quote. It's an excerpt, and you have to tell me. If it is a Bible, I'll go, oh, And if it's porn, I'll go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right, Lee. So, the first one here is, You can read my mind. Permita realized, when it is open to me, Azra admitted apologetically. I love you too, by the way. Bible or porn? By the way is a really hard one, so unless it's a new translation, I'm going to go with porn. Very good, very good. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I could have seen that if we're going with one of the new redline style, like modern interpretations of the Bible, but classic definitions, I'm going to go with now. All right, next one. Your breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle. Bible or porn? That sounds Bible. Oh my gosh, I'm so in love with your Bible noise. All right. So far you got two. Blow on my garden that its fragrance may spread abroad. Let my lover come into his garden and taste its choice fruits. Ooh, that's a tough one because it sounds both like lesbian erotica and Song of Solomon. We could go either <laughs> way. Like, uh, I'm going to go with Bible. Oh, yeah, good job. Yay. <laughs> um, you really are an expert, But Lee. that's a tough call. Right? Like I could I can see like some some 70s style women on women kind of stuff going on there. It's really interesting <laughs> to see how close you get to God both ways. <laughs> no, it's really true. If we look at the wisdom of Yahweh as translated through the Bible, right? Or the wisdom of Jesus through either form of the deity that is presented in the Bible, there is such wisdom to be found in the body, right? Whether we look at it as erotic wisdom or whether we look at it as the excellence that is gifted to us through these forms we have, like I think there's such praise there. Okay, okay. so you've already won the game, so yeah, congratulations. Oh my gosh. Oh, so Lee, I'm so happy to have you on the show today because you really are an expert on the field of uh, so many things, but one being uh, spirituality and kink. How long have you been doing this for? I started educating in a variety of sexuality fields back in 2001. And to make sure I'm on the same page as you and we're talking about kink, kink to me is the diverse array of sexual desires and interests outside of what society at large considers, quote, normal, right? So there's some people who would define being gay or lesbian or bisexual or omnisexual as being inherently kinky because it falls outside of their perception of whatever the word normal is. I've been teaching about that specifically since around 0102 as well. Within that, talking about BDSM, which breaks down to bondage and discipline, dominance and submission, sadism and masochism. 
but also um, talking about people who have fetishes, so for specific types of clothing or specific body parts, or exhibitionism and voyeurism where it's consensual, right? That's very different than flashing people who didn't agree. It's, you know, wearing something sexy underneath your clothes and letting your lover know that you're doing it, right? It's that, it's that tease or showing just one person or two or three people who've consented. So that's what, to me, when I'm talking about kink, that's the... Like the more honed version. Yeah, and that's why I'm I'm really glad to have you here today because I've always felt that there's been like a cloud of vanilla over uh, being Christian, like that anything outside of the normal missionary position, which to me even had the word missionary in it, right? Uh, you know, seemed to be like taboo and inappropriate and sin or what have you. When I think, like as Dan Savage says, when you're in a relationship, whether it's committed or not, if you're good giving and game. Like then that makes you a good lover and that makes you a good partner. And I think God wants you to be a good partner in your relationships. I love that. So for people who don't know, vanilla is a slang term that refers to people not engaged in anything that would be, quote, kinky. Think of it as going to, you know, a ice cream shop and people who always choose the vanilla flavored ice cream instead of trying out Rocky Road or strawberry or, you know, whatever it might be that's also on the menu, right? And as a note, I love vanilla ice cream. We literally, as a metaculture, we have gone to wars over vanilla beans, right? Like literally. And I would rather have quality, quote, vanilla sex than disconnected, not present with my lover, as you would call it, game. If it's not bringing the game, we're not being present. But no, that that story is so true. I had a chance to teach in Northern Louisiana and I was teaching a class called Sacred Kink. The idea of these things I just listed, how do we have them be sacred in our lives or where do they appear in religions worldwide that get called kinky, right? These different things that can engage kink is in the eye of the whip holder, I believe, right? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I afterwards had this couple come up to me who were devout Baptists. Right. This was on a Saturday evening, and they said, you know what? We have been so shamed for being Christian in the kink community because people who are in those communities say, well, clearly people who believe in Jesus don't think that kink is okay. And so for this couple, they are devout. They'll go to a, a quote, play party, which means a gathering of people who are kinky doing their own thing, whatever that means to them. It's not necessarily an orgy or a free-for-all. It just means a safe space to explore your sexuality. And this couple goes to parties on occasion on a Friday or Saturday, and they connect with each other. And then they go home so that they have time to get seven or eight hours of sleep before they take them and their three kids to church on Sunday. And they go to church every Sunday. But what I find is happening is that the Christians I know who are kinky keep it close to their heart. Because for them, if it comes out at their church, if their congregation finds out they're kinky, they fear losing their place of safety. They fear, whether it's real or not— they fear that loss because their congregation means so much to them. It's not just where I go to pray on Sunday. It's who's going to show up for me when I'm sick. I feel like it's, yeah. a lot of that guilt and stuff always seems to appear often in all religious communities. I remember I had a friend who, a trans friend who was a sex worker in New York City in like the early 2000s and was telling me that 
some of their number one clientele that they were having in the meatpacking district were Hasidic men who were sneaking out in like the minivan coming from Brooklyn and you know and I find that so interesting and then they were having an issue with HIV spreading in that community because they were going off and having their adventures or whatever they were doing outside of their marriage sneaking off and doing whatever they weren't using protection and following things and then bringing that back and you know, infecting their communities because of all of this stuff that had to be done religiously over their sexual practices. Well, and I've seen that happen for people who are devout monotheists who are told that being gay is wrong, but if they happen to engage with specific activities, like right, receiving a blowjob, for example. I know people who are on the, quote, down low, right, on the DL, who go, well, I'm not cheating on someone because I'm getting a blowjob from a guy, but it's just a blowjob. It's not sex. And then we're not talking about gonorrhea that gets spread, right? Because the question is, are you gay? And these men's answer is, no, I'm not. And most of the stuff that's discussed around being uh, about same-sex attraction in the Bible discusses men with men, and it doesn't have the conversation around women with women. So are lesbians just not real? Sure, or even pedophiles, exactly. Right. Well, actually, the pedophile issue is a serious thing. I had a former partner of mine. She was with a Catholic group and did aid relief work. And she had to explain the difference between same-gendered attraction and pedophilia because they had a boy who was expressing desire in other boys, right? And this was a teenager. And they were saying they were going to have to remove him from the village because he was clearly going to be a pedophiliac. Yeah, yeah. And they're just, there'd never been that discussion because they'd had a generic discussion around Catholicism and the Catholic Bible says dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Well, the religious institutions, specifically here in America, conservative religious institutions have perpetuated that lie that homosexuality is equal to pedophilia, that they are the same thing. My first day in conversion therapy, one of the things that my pastor told me was a story of a man that she saw on the news who was going around molesting little boys and that he was molested as a little boy and he grew up to do the same thing. And so she told that story in a way to kind of prompt me, be like, hey, did this happen to you? And also BTW, like, if you don't confess, like, you're going to be that guy too, you know? So yeah, religious institutions have really perpetuated that lie. And it's it's not the same thing. And, and matter of fact, when the Bible talked about homosexuality, specifically in the New Testament, in Romans and Corinthians, it used the Greek words arsenagotai and malakoi. And when you actually do a breakdown, a literal interpretation of those words, it means man, boy, like man, bed. It's talking about pedophilia. You know, um, and it was yeah. common in the Roman times for older men to have younger boys, you know. So that's what it was really talking right. about. It was um, not discussing the men who w- were bonded to other men in their military troops, right? Mm-hmm, right. That may or may not have sexual interaction with each other. It was discussing this cultural practice yeah. that was causing harm usually to slave classes mm-hmm. of people. And so, a lot of Christian early doctrine is based around how do we subvert cultural frameworks that are that are harming people of lower social and economic status. You know, we're talking about homelessness. We're talking about food shortages. We're talking about overturning the bankers. We're talking about class issues. And people interpret it as all these other things. I mean, even the word virgin, 
right? If we take it from Aramaic into Greek, into then Old English, into English, I love the fact that the Greek translation means woman whole and unto herself, that a virgin is a woman whole and unto herself. And how that then applies is a woman who had her own merit, her own right to hold land because she was a woman whose husband had passed away and she inherited his land, a grandmother whose sons had died, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And now she was holding property. She was a woman holding onto herself, a woman who had never yet been married holding onto herself. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't about whether or not there was a hymen in place. It was about this issue, again, around class. And so if we bring it back to our sexual practices, the question becomes, who are we harming? In the case of this Baptist couple, when they were doing things with each other, their delight was that God gave them these bodies and gave them each other. Mm -hmm. Why would they not explore in ways that brought everyone involved delight? Look at this gift that God has given. And if God also happens to think that we have access to all these other amazing tools, why not use them? Mm -hmm. Tie up. (laughs) (laughs) what are we doing that is consensual and by consensual i love the planned parenthood description for consent which is their acronym is fries f-r-i-e-s uh freely given revocable informed enthusiastic and specific Mm. freely given right Mm -hmm. was there any coercion was like was this freely given Right. And revocable is the idea that in the middle of what we're doing, I have the ability to stop what we're doing. That even if I said at the very beginning, yeah, let's try it, I can go, you know what, this isn't working for me. And you, as my partner who loves and cares about me, or at least thinks I'm a decent human being, has the decency to do that. Mm -hmm. Was it informed? So they knew what the risk factors were of the behavior they were doing. Mm-hmm. Was it enthusiastic, right? The difference between, uh, I guess I could do it, and oh my God, yes, I totally want to try that, right? It's me. <laughs> right? right, like, what can we try? Let's do it. And then specific is just because I agreed to let you tie me up today doesn't mean I want to do it tomorrow. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, I want you to check in with I me to make sure we're sexy. on the same page. I mean, yeah. uh, my whole thing, <laughs> fries... I like Biggie Fries. I like, <laughs> like that is so sexy to me. I want to know specifically what you want you to do. The enthusiasm is so hot. Uh-huh. Like I know people that they're always, they're like, oh, I got that guy to sleep with me, and I'll, it'll probably never happen again. But it was so amazing. Like fuck that attitude. Like you have to like really want me, and like then I'm like, oh, I'm into it now. You know, I don't like to, you know, try to trick anybody or whatever. Like so, the fries sounds sexy. Like it just sounds like respectful. It sounds hot. Sometimes you know consent can um appear as like a downer or like you have to like stop the momentum or the conversation of something sexual when in fact i think it just like ignites it for me like uh, because now we're now we're on the same page here there's the difference between me asking a guy hey do you want me to kiss you and uh would you like me to kiss you Mm. right like you can deliver it either way just deliver it please (laughs) He's like, Mr. Stanman. (laughs) And so the question then becomes, if we have consent for something, and if it doesn't harm anyone, and we're aware of all the risks involved, 
Why are we withholding things that bring pleasure to ourselves? What's and more our Christian heart? than that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> as far as right. ideals, it's like if both parties are like in complete agreement and mm-hmm. if the intention of it is to like heighten your bond with each other. And if it brings you more present and aware in the moment. Well, and brings us such great gratitude for the bounty that God has given us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Look at look at the diversity of the gifts that God has given us. Yeah. All the sensations and nerve endings. Exactly. And like, I love blindfolds as, as an example, right? Mm-hmm. It's what some people call kink 101, mm-hmm. right? Either you yourself close your eyes or somebody ties a bandana around your eyes or you put on a sleep mask and then have them touch you all over your body. Mm-hmm. Let go of your you know day either at work or working from home, depending on what your situation is. Mm-hmm. Right, let go of what's happening in the world at large, and right now, what matters is the sensation of the fingertips on my skin. Mm-hmm. What matters right now is the sensation of that feather dragging across the side of my neck. What matters right now is that I am here and I am present and that I am fully immersed in this moment. You're flooding Azariah's basement Girl. right now. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Lee, what's your address? I'll be there shortly. Like, look, paper towels oh, no, no, are no, a hot commodity right now, okay? I got to clean this floor up after this. <laughs> I can't get paper towels. I was to wait online 45 minutes. I got to clean this floor. Well, and I think it's one of the things that people forget as well is that the bounty of what has been gifted to us through the form called our flesh, right? That, that taking the clay... From the garden, you know, from the garden of Eden, crafting the first person, like that whole dance, mm-hmm. right, of gifting yes. us form, we can do it with ourselves too. What happened if you blindfold yourself? Oh, stop. I never thought of that. <laughs> if you're not causing <laughs> risk, right? Because like self-bondage, right? So tying yourself up by yourself, like that kind of stuff can have risk factors. But a blindfold and you on your own, exploring the bounty of your own clay, as it were, why not? So interesting. You know, I saw in our research for you coming on here, we watched a lot of your, um, your interviews and performances and things like that. And I one thing that you talked about that I definitely wanted to make sure that we discussed today was how you were saying that there in certain playrooms and certain kind of like big sex events or kink events, there were separate rooms where you had assigned consent for maybe trigger scenes. Yeah. Would you expand on that? Because you spoke about it so eloquently. Absolutely. So as I mentioned, there are what called kink parties or play parties, which is usually people coming together and doing their thing in a public space. Maybe there's equipment there they don't have at home, or maybe they're having a first date with someone and they want to try it with other people around. So there's less safety concerns instead of meeting somebody at their house or meeting somebody at the coffee shop, because at the coffee shop, you can't say, so I like spanking. <laughs> it's just socially awkward at the coffee shop. Though I will say there is something really subversive about having those discussions at born again <laughs> Christian bubble tea houses. Like it what I do. Tea. It's my specialty. Like, <laughs> wait, born again Christian bubble tea houses? No, it's Seattle, Washington. There's a there's a uh, Oh, they're here too. We have them in Cape Town here in yeah. Los Angeles. I've been to a few of them. There's a chain of World of Wonder Christian bubble tea houses. It makes me so happy. World anyway, of <laughs> World of Wonder, and all of your bubble teas come with a Bible quote that you have to put your straw through. I think it's fantastic, personally. But um, that's so 
another level. <laughs> right? <laughs> so anyway, there's these parties that happen so that you have a safe space to meet people, to do activities, to learn by watching other people, right? So that if you see somebody do something after they're done, you can sit down in the social area and say, hey, are you available for a discussion? I saw you doing this thing. I was going to ask you some questions about it, right? So it provides safety and learning. There, there are versions of that that are house parties, right? You have to know somebody to get to the party. There's other ones that there's um, websites that you can go and type in your city and see what um, munches, which are social gatherings or parties are happening in your area or classes. And then there's also big events, right? Ones that you can just show up to or pay your registration. And it's three days long. Or one that I go to, Camp Crucible, which is nine days long. And on Sunday, there's a Quaker circle that usually happens, right? Like there's, there's all kinds of levels of immersion based on your comfort level. Well, you know what? I have to tell you, I'm I'm really uh, upset with this, I mean, COVID-19 thing for many yeah. reasons, but one of the main reasons <laughs> is there's a bondage club up in North Hollywood and they meet once a month. And I was planning on going for the first time and I didn't get to go because we all went on lockdown. So if you're interested, there is a group called Remote Slash Virtual Education that's been started up. That's everybody putting all of their online classes from all over the world on there. <sighs> you know, that's insane. From all over the world? All over the world are listing their stuff so that if you've always wanted to learn from this teacher who's in Sweden, you just have to be willing to be up at 3 a.m. Oh, that's fascinating. Right. And so if you're someone listening right now and you're not comfortable for the idea of ever going to a party, maybe you can learn by doing something online. But what you were bringing up, the idea of trigger warnings, is that there are some types of, quote, play. And play means something kinky. That's all play means is you are, you know, think of it as a play, right? Lights come up, action happens, lights go down, right? It's, it's a, a scene. It's an encounter within a play. Well, and now you're talking my language. Some of them are very scripted, right? You plan out every step. And other ones, they're more improv theater, right? You brought some rope. I brought some willingness. Let's see what happens, right? It's improv. Mm -hmm. But there are some types of, quote, play that are more emotionally activating or triggering for people, right? It's not things that you just don't like. If you don't like something, go into another room. Change the channel. Nobody's keeping you there. But some people have emotional responses to things that come unbidden, right? Where you didn't plan on having an emotional response, but suddenly you're really engaged or people are actually freaking out in the party. And so I've been to spaces that have rooms where if you're going to do something that there's a high likelihood, right? One of those things that I just mentioned as an example, if you're going to be doing that sort of stuff, you put up a little sign that says, we're doing this thing, enter at your own desire, right? They're not keeping anybody out, but they don't want somebody to run into it. The slang that my partner likes to say is, if you saw that at a party, you would go get a cookie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just get yeah. up and, and you, don't, you don't yuck someone else's yum, right? Don't say they're bad people. You're just like, I'm just going to go get a cookie, right? I filmed HBO's Looking in San Francisco and I was there for Folsom and I'm like, of course I'm going to go check this out. And some of it was really intense for me because I realized in an, at an event like that, and like we're talking about, sometimes watching is participating. Yeah, because suddenly you're part of this experience by mm -hmm. being present for it. Just like even if you're not praying, if you're in the church watching everybody else in full frenzy of prayer, mm -hmm. you're feeling you're feeling that you're energy. In the vibration, yeah, for sure. Right, whether whether you're yourself praying or not, you're in that. 
Mm-hmm. And so and the for, same thing. This is so fascinating. You're saying this because I feel like sometimes when you know, because sometimes going to church is like going to the gym. You don't want to do it, and, and then you do it, and you feel great. You did it, or whatever. And there's some of those days that like I I've been in church as an observer instead of a participant. I didn't say the prayer in my head. I just kind of went through it, kind of. But I still benefited from the vibration, and I could right. see that being very aligned with kink. And there are people who show up to those parties not to play, but, you know, Mm. they by themselves or they and a person that they're with go get inspired, enjoy the energy, Mm -hmm. and then go home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? I think it's interesting, and thank you for that, for giving us sort of like an inside perspective, because I think that there is some, like, there's curiosities there that people may not want to explore because they might feel like it might not go along with faith. I mean, I... I actually remember a conversation on Oprah's anniversary DVDs. She had Oscar winners interviewing Oscar winners, and she had Marsha Gay Harden interviewing Ellen Burstyn. And Marsha Gay Harden said to Ellen Burstyn, how could you do horror movies if your faith is so strong? Like, my faith is so strong, I can't do that. And Ellen Burstyn was like, no, you're you're wrong. Like, your faith has to be strong to do these kind of things and face them and go right up, right up to them, you know? And then Marsha Gay Harden started doing all these horror movies. So I think it's interesting to see, you know, maybe there is something here where it's like, you know, people didn't see this as something that could align with their faith that now you've given us a little bit of introspective to see like maybe that is something that instead of feeling guilty about that it could somehow align. And and I think there are a lot of the things that you said about respect and about consent and fries and a lot of those things that could be applied. We have so many tools that we can work with and I want to have you on again, Lee. For sure. <laughs> because there, there's so many ways in which to explore this and and I love how you, just the language that you use and how you break it down. Uh, were you a communication major at all? <laughs> uh, funny, my, no, my degree's in arts administration, but but I have been uh, a storyteller for years and I've been teaching for 20 years. So it starts to add up. If folks are interested in continuing some of the discussion, I had a podcast for many years. I've got over 100 back episodes over on my website, passionandsoul.com. The podcast is entirely about the intersections of uh, kink and sexual practices with people's spiritual journeys or um, authentic, passionate journeys. So if folks are interested in listening to some other people's experiences and interviews that I've done, there's more they can look at over there. I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, And where else can we find you on social media? If you type in passion and soul, Anywhere, that's my user handle, almost anywhere. I'm doing upcoming online classes, so feel free to go to my website or sign up for my newsletter. Hear those as I get announced each week. And I. You also have a, a book, is that correct? I do. I've had the pleasure to write a few, but I think some of your listeners might enjoy Sacred Kink, The Eightfold Paths of BDSM and Beyond, where I break down a lot of different kink and faith experiences and look at where they overlap, both historically as well as current practice. Fantastic. We'll check that out. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Thank you for joining us today for our guest, Lee Harrington. We will definitely be having Lee back on the show. If you have a praise report or a prayer request, please email us at pray at yasjesuspod.com. And that is Y-A-S-S, Jesus, P-O-D, dot com. And I'm Daniel Francesi, and you can find me at What's Up Danny online, along with... Nazariah Southworth. Soon and very soon when this coronavirus passes, you'll find me at the Bondage Club in North Hollywood. But in the meantime, <laughs> you can find me at Azariah Southworth on any social media. And you can find the show on social media at Yes Jesus Pod. anywhere good social medias are mediated. <laughs> <laughs>